0: where he talks about he's learned the secret of being content. Mm. He's not content spiritually, but he knows circumstantially, whatever circumstances he's in, he knows how to be content. But in but spiritually, he's clearly not content. You know, he, he wants, he is not satisfied with where he is. He wants to continue to know Christ and to lay hold of him. And that just really motivates me and grips me that no matter what stage we are in life, how young, how old, um, the Lord never wants us to to become satisfied or complacent in our pursuit of Him.
1: Welcome to this week's episode of the His Hill Podcast. My name is Kelly Darty, and I'm your host. Today we have a discussion from Philippians 3, verses 7 to 11, and I have with me our director, Charlie McCall, and assistant camp director, Kevin Martin. Guys, welcome here. Thanks, Thanks, Kelly. Yeah. It's good to have you. I appreciate you spending the time, making time for it, because I know, Charlie, you've got a lot going on with Bible school coming to an end, and and then, uh, Kevin, you with camp
2: starting to gear up. How are things looking for camp? Things for camp are, are looking great. We're pretty much staffed uh, for the summer. We maybe lack one or two positions, but uh, have candidates for those, and uh, things are looking really, really good. Uh, numbers, I think, as well for the campers coming are are looking pretty high as well. That's so. great, yeah. Now, we have fewer weeks of camp than we used to, right? Yes, we have nine weeks of, of camp, as opposed to I, the early summers I was here, there was 10. I'm not sure what yeah. you guys did before that. Yeah, 10, but.
1: always had 10. And is it because school th- th- is starting, like um, public schools, th- their, their calendar has changed so much to where we have to, cut a week out is that what's going on with that
2: i believe so the bernie mostly the bernie school systems uh, were a little bit different uh, okay their start dates and
1: all right and charlie how's bible school been
0: really good yeah great group of students have been um responsive and teachable hungry mm-hmm. very attentive in class fun to be with outside of class
1: They're a great group we're down to—is it three and a half weeks, something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, It always goes so fast. You don't expect it to be here when, and then all of a sudden, there it is. Well, like I said, we're going to uh, spend this this episode. Just uh, re- we'll read through these verses and then just share observations that we've come up with. And uh, and hopefully that'll be beneficial to you guys as listeners. So again, we're in Philippians chapter 3, and we're going to begin in verse 7 going through 11. And I'm reading out of the New American Standard. But whatever things were gain to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. More than that, I count all things to be loss and loss and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. You know, looking at these verses and Paul saying, you know, Paul's, you know, just really laying it out just how successful he's been in his pursuit of godliness as far as uh, what the flesh can achieve. And, it reminded me as a child going to Sunday school and they used to give us these. And I don't think this was their intent, but this is what happened with me. They gave us all these envelopes, uh, for our offering, you know, and on the outside of the offering, there were all these boxes to check off. And I remember the ones, uh, the, the ones I remember being on there was, a. Uh, um, uh, Attendance. Well, that was always an easy one to check off. And then the next one was Bible Brought. Well, I checked that one off. Bible Read Daily. Well, I didn't always read it daily, but I always justified checking it off by, I plan on reading it daily this next week. <laughs> and then there was the next box, which was Giving. Giving. And I thought that was kind of interesting, too, because it was an offering envelope. So I'm filling out the, yes, I'm giving. And I would remember looking around and just seeing if everybody else had all the boxes checked, too. And I wanted to make sure I had them checked. I felt like this is what I had to do, you know, if it, to, to to be right. This is what I had to do. And Charlie, I, I saw you kind of grinning. Did you have something similar to that? Oh, yeah. And it it's has a little clipboard they passed down the aisles so that you'd check the boxes. And, and I guess as a child, and I took it into my adult Hood as well that this is my this is the standard this is how I know' I'm, I'm doing right and I so I appreciate these verses because you know it the Lord really had to take me through take me down a road of deprogramming uh, to, to get these things out of my head to think properly and I feel like you know Paul you know like he does so often he's just summing up here what he's trying to get across in the letter and and I, I appreciate the way he says in the beginning of the chapter, you know, to say the same thing again, it doesn't bother me. You know, it's it's a profit, and I know often too I, I struggle with that. You know, I go into class thinking, how many times am I am I going to say the same thing? You know, that there's a, that temptation to find a different way to say the same thing or to find something else to, to say, and how easy it is for me to to be drawn toward that. So I appreciated the reminders that Paul gives here in uh, in these verses. Um. Kevin, is that familiar to you? Have you had something similar to that?
2: Yeah, I, I don't really remember that as much really in church, but I, I do remember just growing up maybe with an unwritten list of, yeah, you need to, to say your prayers, you need to read your Bible, but also just that list of you need to, to go to school, graduate go to college, get a job, get okay. married, that kind of, of list. Yeah, And that's what made you successful or, or good in a sense. And and I really appreciated when I came here to, to His Hill and, and simply dug into God's Word for myself to mm. discover that this life or Christianity is not just a list that you, you check off. Mm. It's a person. It's, mm. it's Jesus. And that's uh, who is life, not mm. a list that you check off and then you're, you're there one day, uh, retired. And then what do you, what do you do after that? Uh, but, uh, a living relationship with, with God through his son, Jesus. And yeah. so, yeah, I really appreciate these, these verses. Here. Yeah. That's,
1: that, that's a good reminder to me of, you know, how many times we've had, we've had people who want to come to Bible school. Uh, you know, they're, they're finishing up high school. They want to come to Bible school, but I have found over the years that the biggest hindrance for them coming to Bible school has been parents who don't see any profit in them coming here. You know, you've, you've been going to church, you've been going to Sunday school, you go to camp, you don't really need to go to Bible school. You need to go to college. And I, that that's really, it breaks my heart because you know the Lord's working in the the hearts of these kids and it's of all people, it's often, not always, but often it's the parents that are, are the, the hindrance to them doing that. And I, you know, I know from my own self, it was great preparation for going to college. And I went to a Bible college. Uh, you know, you would think just go there, but the things that the Lord did in my heart, you know, because this is where He had me be, was was very profitable for me. And even going on to to college, Bible college, but I've heard from our students too. You know, they they'll come to me and say. Uh, you know, Kelly, yeah, I'd, I'll ask, how's it going at school? And they're in university, and they say, you know, Kelly, I, I'm, I'm in my science class, and I am being bombarded with all this garbage. But I remember this one student telling me, and all the Christians in the class are freaking out, but I want you to know that I know what's true, and I'm okay. And now as a businessman, I see, you know, how important it has been for my family and for me to be to, to to be for the Lord to work in our heart that Christ is our life. He is our prophet, and and that has been of such benefit in the business. And the Lord has ended up using our business as a ministry for so many people uh, that it's like you were saying it's we can compartmentalize, can't we? You know, to where we say, this is, this is Christianity, this is Christ, this is, um, uh, what am I thinking? This is, this box here is for Jesus, and, but this box over here is for my work. And we don't understand that, you know, Paul says himself, for me to live is Christ. And, and obviously, that's what he's getting at here as well. So I thought, why don't we just uh, take a verse at a time and just uh, see, what, see what we've come up with. So verse seven, but whatever things were gained to me, those things I have counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Um, anything jump out at y'all? Well, I see Paul is,
0: um, he's just changed his, his way of appraising of what is of greatest value and I don't know where I, you know, first was introduced to, to the, the idea of appraisal. And that's what we do throughout life. We're constantly making appraisals of what's important, what's unimportant, what to spend our time on, what to spend our money on, um, even people, you know, who who is worth um, being with and who's not so much so. Um, and one of the things that, Happens when when we are converted is even our estimation of what is valuable mm. um, changes. Mm. It's a complete conversion. It's not just in behavior, but but especially it's in our thinking and how we assess, how we appraise, and what was once important to Paul is no longer important to him. And mm. he didn't say any of these things were bad things. He just says they don't they they don't have the value um, they once had because of now he values Christ above all. And everything else that held value in his life is just not as significant mm. as it once was.
1: Yeah, it's it's I guess the idea of he's not he's not drawing his identity from these things, and no. nor does he see them as being his security. Right. Yeah. But
0: that counting there is is yeah. you know it brings to mind to me just, it's an you know of, of accounting you know you when you make out your ledger, um, what's going to be on the asset side, what's going to be on the liability side. Mm what's of value, what isn't. And so it's an accounting term, I think. And, and he's just saying that I, I put greatest value now in knowing Christ. Mm. Everything else is less than that.
1: Mm. And he uses that word three times in the first two verses. Yep. Yeah. And that's, so it's a, you know, repetition equals emphasis. So he's really making a big deal out of that. Yeah. I, I, as an accounting term, and when you think about it, because I know it brings with it the idea. This word does to think through and to reflect. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember in you know g- going through you know algebra, and you know the the, the formulas, and then uh, my teacher, and then later on my tutor, just pounding into my head. Now, go back. Here's how you check it. Go through it. Spend time with this. Don't just. And and I think that's like you said, that's what he's getting at. That that this is this is important. This is paramount.
2: I I really appreciate the end of it too. That he says for the sake of Christ, he doesn't say mm. for the sake of Israel, for the sake mm. of uh, just good, but for the sake of of Christ. Right. Uh, that all of these things he considers are or loss right when he once considered them gain and and for my in my own life it took uh, a faithful servant the lord challenging me in in this area of what what is the the focus of of your life is mm. it is it sports is it school uh what is it is if it's not jesus then we need we need to talk mm. uh, but that was the first time that i guess i really took an accounting of my own life and started to weigh these, these different things. And at that time in in my life, I I would say I was more of an an open canvas of, I've been attending university and and had all these different ideas in my head, but I really couldn't tell you who, who I was or who I was meant to be Mm -hmm. uh, because everyone's telling you something different, whether it's at Mm -hmm. school or at work or or just society or the media. Uh, And I, I came back from this conversation with this man, really wanting to, to know why, why can I trust the Bible. Why can I trust Jesus? Mm. Um, here I am trying to gain all these things: get a degree, get a job, climb up the the ladder. Uh, but I didn't even know who who I was. Mm. And so even I, I look back on those things and think, yeah, they they all are loss compared to to what I have or who I am in in Christ. Uh, it's worthless if you don't know uh, what life is is all about.
1: Yeah. Amen. Yeah, I, th- I think putting both of your thoughts together is interesting for me to take account, spend time with this for the sake of Christ, is we find again in Scripture that the only value that we were ever made to know is found with the Lord. It's not found with us for the Lord, but it's found with Him. And I think, in that not that salvation, you know, to be restored back to what we were created for? You know, uh, that we were created to live out the image of God. Mm-hmm. So everything that we are to be about is to show his image. And so, doesn't it make sense then, as we take account, we're left with him? And I, you know, that's just, it, it's almost, you know, the students laugh when I say this, and it's kind of a joke, but it's almost like one person wrote this. <laughs> you know, it, he only has one thing to tell us, and it's not about us, it's about him. Okay. Uh, anything else in verse 8 or 7, I mean?
2: I just had a couple of verses I, I wrote down, that, and one from John 3.30 where uh, John the Baptist is is saying that I must decrease and, and he must increase. Uh, and, and the second one was from Matthew. It says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that I can put my stock in in all of these things that the world has to offer, and that can be where my treasure is. But at the end of the day, without Jesus, it's it's nothing. Mm. Uh, but it, it takes getting into His Word. It takes talking to Jesus to, to really realize these things. Because I was, let's say, I was raised in a godly home, raised in the in the church, but never really took that time to to look at these things in in His Word and mm. the truth of His Word. Mm. But it's yeah, it's hard. <laughs> you don't want to decrease, right? Yeah, no.
1: yeah. <laughs> Charlie, I remember you saying years ago. That, uh, I think you were you were preaching in Bernie, and you were just talking about this dying daily, and he said the the reason it it's so difficult is because we weren't made for this. Mm-hmm. You know, we, there's nothing about death that we were made to know, but because of the fall, it it becomes very much a necessity, a reality in order to to know life. Yeah. Um, okay, uh, verse eight. What do you think he means after saying that? Because we've had a lot to say there in verse 7, but then in verse 8 he says, more than that.
0: Well, he seems to be making a, a comparison or contrast between you know those things that he listed in the previous verses. Mm-hmm. Those things I have counted as loss. More than that, I count all things. So anything else that's not in that list, all things to be lost in view of their surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. And there are things that Paul obviously gave up that he doesn't mention here and and when he wrote to the to the Corinthians and 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 spoke about his liberties, his rights in Christ, he said, Don't we have the right, like the other apostles, to take along a believing wife and, and to receive support from the churches? And and so there were a number of things that I mean, really in every area of Paul's life he suffered. Um, and, you know, relationally, he, he wasn't married. Um, he, you know, he, he lived as a, as, a, as a poor man. He never had anything of his own, really. Um, at one point, it seems like the only thing he had was a, was a coat, and he didn't even have that with him. Mm-hmm. He had to ask one of his men to, to bring that to him. And so he was not a rich man, and that, you know, had to have been difficult. Paul's a man like anybody else, and he would have been around people with of means and and realized that he, he did not have anything in comparison to others, but that he he was settled with that. He was okay with, with that, um, because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ. So I think just just to make to drive the point home, you know, he was saying all things are loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus. So whatever we would we would compare Christ to um, Christ is greater
1: mm. yeah I, I, I appreciate that and he the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss yeah and it's it's not I, I think we find in scripture that the Christian life the life of Christ is not, it's not a, a complicated life, but that doesn't mean it's not an it, it, that it's an easy right. life. Yeah, he could have said,
0: you know, I, all that I he didn't have to say suffering. It's a great point in view of of you know he could have said not suffered loss, but just experienced loss. But he put the word suffer in mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. because it is hard, um, and we 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 are not fully removed from. The things of this world, we live in it, and we have the same um, desires and the same ambitions as anyone else, and and it's painful to to be separated from those things and for those things to change. And part of us, you know, we want um, to accumulate. We 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 want to be counted significant. We, We even want relationships that. You know, with family and um, husband, wife, children, those aren't bad things. Right, but but they may not be what God has for for one person. Right, and that's not what God had for Paul, and and so he he suffered loss, and that those things weren't his. But um, he again, he he seems to be reckoning, doing an accounting on those things as good as they are. He never calls them bad things. As good as they are, they are less than Christ. And so though God hasn't given him some things, he's taken things away from him, whatever, um, he he has given him Jesus, and he is still striving to know Christ even more.
2: It's really
1: a challenging passage. Yeah, it Yeah, is. Isn't it interesting, though they are good things, and nowhere does he say, or does the Bible say, these are not good things, um, I think, you know, the book of Hebrews is a comparison of good things that God gives to what is who is best, which is Christ. Yeah. Yep. But here he goes on and he says, but he counts them but rubbish. Yeah. Dung. Yeah. The, <laughs> so in comparison to Christ, these are worthless to him. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing, especially when you go back and you look at all of that all that he lists there, you know, I myself might be in verse four, um, I might have confidence even in the flesh. If anyone else has a mind uh, to put confidence in the flesh, I far more circumcised the eighth day of the nation of Israel of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews as to the law of Pharisee as to zeal, uh, a persecutor of the church as to the righteousness, which is in the law found blameless. I mean, he's checked all the boxes off the, you know, the offering envelope, you know, but, <laughs> but he says they're, they're worthless. That's all worthless, you know, in, in, to, to me. But then again, at the end of that verse, he says, uh, he counts some rubbish. So that, and that's always a key phrase to pay attention to, so that I may gain Christ. And I think we start to see that, you know, this whole idea of I can mix, you know, I can mix the things I want along with Christ. Yeah, I shouldn't, you know, these aren't the best things for me, but it doesn't, it doesn't really affect, and we may not, it doesn't really affect my relationship with Christ, and, and we may not say those words, but I know for myself, I'll live that way. And, and we start to see that this is this is the cost. If I'm going to gain Christ, if I'm going to grow in Christ, if I'm going to know Him the way He has saved me to know Him, it's going to cost me everything. And that's something that I, I don't know. I, I don't know if we hear that a lot, you know,
2: that much anymore. It, it caused me to ask the question of why why do I occupy myself with with rubbish or mm, trash it wow. made me think of, of hoarders and and you go mm. into their house and the, it's just stacked with trash and, and you smell the trash and everything in there and you think why why are you doing this uh, and, and sometimes I think we we just don't realize that what we're holding on to is, is rubbish compared to Christ, Yeah, uh, that the world dresses it up, or maybe someone in our sphere of influence has said, this is what you need, yeah. and you kind of go down that, that yeah. road of, well, I do need this, and you start to just hold on to that uh, thing or, or person or whatever it is apart from Jesus, but you don't even realize that, and you need someone to come in, kind of like Paul, and say, hey, <laughs> this is trash, Yeah, what are you, what are you doing? Huh. Uh, it reminded me of a of a girl in in university who said she would never eat beef, and there, there's maybe a first that's clue. sin, is it, Charlie? Something, something's wrong, right? <laughs> something can't be right there. But yeah. we, a, a friend of mine, we came into the cafeteria one time and we saw her eating uh, chicken fried steak, and. <laughs> We sat down and he said, what are you, what are you doing? She said, I'm, I'm eating, I'm eating this chicken fried steak, I had the gravy and potatoes and everything, all the fixings. It was good. And, and we love it. Right. But we knew she wouldn't eat that. And we, and my buddy told her, she said, you know, that's, that's not, Chicken, right? She said, no, the, the, the title says chicken fried steak. I said, well, that's how it's fried. That's how it's <laughs> that's made. Not what it is. It's beef. And she was just horrified that she was eating this thing, but it's because she didn't know what it is, mm. what it was. Mm. And, and I think the same thing with us. Sometimes we need someone to come in and say, this is not what you think it is. This mm. is trash. This is rubbish mm. uh, apart from Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Um,
1: Anything else in verse
0: eight? Can't serve two masters, you know. Like you were going toward Kelly, that you know we think that we can have the others and have Christ, and we deceive ourselves that way. Mm. And um, you know, it's 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 not it is uncomplicated, but we complicate our lives and we we reduce our pursuit of Christ by. Thinking that you know we it, we can have both, you know we can have the things of this world and have Christ, and Paul's not looking at it that way. He seems to be it's, it's an exclusive thing mm. that he will let nothing else interfere with that pursuit of Christ. Mm.
1: Yeah, I with with that I, I was thinking how often you know, for myself when I'm, I'm, I'm battling with the Lord, I feel like, you know, this is something that would be good. Or I, I, or sometimes I, you know, I, we all have hobbies or something, or, you know, things in life that we start to, we start to draw our identity from. And they, they take so much of our time. And we, there's this fight, you know, with, with the Lord on these because the Holy Spirit is faithful to, 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 to work in your heart, to give you checks with these things. And I have found that those times in my life, like with, with uh, Hebrews 12 to uh, the theme of the whole podcast is to fix your eyes on Jesus. I find that when I and that's the only way I can actually deal with these things is to be fixed on him, looking away from all else and fixed on him. I find that that's the sweetest times of my life, the sweetest times of that walk with the Lord it, because it, it's in those times that I, that I know that assurance. I know that confidence. I know, I know the power because it's, it's, it's come, it, it's everything else has been counted as rubbish and, and I'm left with Jesus. And so it's just amazing. And it, isn't it amazing how we just, we battle with that though. We don't stay there. And But we do need, you know, like you were saying, uh, Kevin, we do need that encouragement from others, and we need to be that encouragement. You know, I I know Major Thomas used to be that way, you know, and he would tell, he told me one time, we have to remind each other every day. Mm -hmm. Hebrews Mm -hmm. chapter 3, encourage one another, you know, today, as long as it's still called today. And so often our encouragement is to hang in there, it'll get better. And that's not true. You know, you know, I'm 57, and I've learned that as soon as, you know, I've been a believer since I was nine. I've learned that as soon as this one storm is over with, there's another one on the horizon. And so if we don't learn to be fixed on Jesus, if we don't learn to count all these things as rubbish, then, the, you know, the way it ends, that, that then, then we will never know what it means to gain Christ. Um, and I don't want to make that sound like, Help me out here, because I almost feel like I'm saying that this is what we do. We have to do this. We have to uh, think this way so that we're left with Christ. So what's a better way of
2: saying that, maybe? I'm not sure There's a better way, but it just reminded me of that. That's the difference of knowing Jesus, Mm -hmm. is that as you know him, you just think of these other things as less. Mm -hmm. Um, They don't come to mind. Right, right. Um, I think of it with job opportunity I had before his Hill, a friend of mine said, Hey, look, go to this interview, tell the, the HR person, they're going to ask you this question. What motivates you in life? All you have to do is say money. You'll come out of that. You'll be making <laughs> five, six figures immediately. You, and, and that's all you have to do is tell them money and you're in, they're wow. going to hire you. I've pretty much arranged it. And so I went into this interview thinking, okay. That's all I got to do. And it got to the question and they said, what, what motivates you most in life? And my answer was Jesus. And, <laughs> and, and I was just, if she could have seen my face, I was just shocked. And, thought, Where'd okay, that come and I from? <laughs> messed up this whole interview and I did because they didn't, they, yeah, they cut it short, ended up not getting a job at all, but mm uh and i think i just owe that to the lord and him bringing me to bible school bringing people into my life that said hey the, these things you don't need these. Mm. Uh, you need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And and that was definitely the Spirit speaking because uh, I in my flesh would have definitely said money. <laughs> mm. <laughs> that's that's what I need. But but I, I don't need that. And that's the difference in knowing Christ. I think that's the surpassing part of the surpassing value that he's he's talking about here in, in knowing Jesus Christ, my Lord. Uh, and that, yeah, when you do know him, you, you count all else as, as rubbish.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. It it starts with Christ, it ends with Christ. And if it starts with him and ends with him, like James says, you'll be a doer. In the middle, you'll be doing, because it starts with him, it'll end with him. You know, show me your faith, which is what he's about to get to. Show me your faith without the works, I'll show you my faith by my works, but it's faith that is that is that that is being shown in the works. That's, that's good, I appreciate that. Um, anything else there before we move on to verse nine? Okay. well, in verse nine, he goes on, he says, and may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own derived from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. So in this verse, uh, I just was looking at the phrase in him, you know, right toward the beginning there and be found in him. And really, that's that's the, the the result, that's the outcome of what we've been talking about to be found in Him. But the word "in," it's that little word that we just kind of you know don't don't pay much attention to. But it it it, it I, I looked it up one time, and it says it, it's it it has to do with limitations of space time, you know. It, And so only there, it's just that one spot. So like right now, we're in this room. If we step through the door, we're no longer in the room. To be in this room, there are confines to it. You know, there's a limit to it. And so as we learn to, you know, to count these things as rubbish, we're found in him. Only we're, we're confined there. Now, we don't like the idea of being confined, that just goes against the flesh. But then you look in Colossians 2, and it tells you just what it means to be found in him. In him, Colossians 2, 9, all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. So in Christ, you find all of God. That's the confines. And it's just just amazing to me that I will fight against that, that I don't want to be found in the midst of... Of all that God is, so when I if I step outside of Christ, I'm literally stepping outside of everything, and it, it's just it, it, it it's 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 amazing, and, and we go all all the way back to the garden and find this is this is to be true. This is this is you know the Lord gives us this choice. He gives us the freedom to make that mistake, and yet He still offers us. All that he is. I, I just it's just amazing to me. Anyway, that's just something that jumped out to me, and I'm probably getting off track with it. But um, so what are what are your observations there in verse nine?
0: Well, I agree, that's what jumps out, you know, it's be found in him. And that's a great cross reference that in him all the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. And then the next verse is in him you have been made complete. Mm-hmm. Um you know, but the rest of the of the verse there I wonder if he's kind of trying to show us a little bit more of what he's what he's saying not having a righteousness of my own so it's either I stand I come you know I'm going to be found in Christ standing in Christ that that he is the one that is my identity or it's going to be my own righteousness and I think again where Paul, uh, what Paul came to understand is that he brings nothing to the table when when he was converted and when he will stand before God in glory the only thing that he can do is stand in Christ be found in Christ mm. because there's no personal righteousness i think that sometimes we you know we see people and we say, boy, that guy has great potential for Christ. You know, if that person came to know the Lord, you know, boy, they could really offer a lot, you know, to the testimony and witness of Christ with yeah. their talents or their, or their gifts, I mean, their, their money, whatever it is. But we bring nothing to the table. Right. Um, and, and if we do, that is really going to be lost. If we think, you know, that we have something to offer him, what a rude awakening that's going to be when the mm. Lord has to show us one day, either either in glory when we stand before Him, or even before in this life, when He has to show us that that we bring nothing except sin, mm. because that's all we are apart from Him, mm. and and so I I am not contributing to Christ, I'm not advancing the cause of Christ, I I, I am a if anything I'm on the liability side of the ledger for Christ. Mm. Um, and and so I, there's nothing I can do except be found in him. And And so I appreciate very much what Paul's saying there. I think that it's not about our righteousness. It's not about what we do, um, but it's His righteousness, the righteousness which comes through faith in Christ, not the righteousness of what we do by our activity, the righteousness which comes from God on the basis of faith. And that's where Paul wants to be found just solely, in mm. Christ and in His righteousness,
1: and mm. it's interesting that Paul would would I mean here again repetition. He uses the word faith twice in this verse. Yep. and I, we as believers, I've seen it firsthand in class when when you when you tell the student that this is all by faith. It's almost like not almost it is. There's a frustration. I've seen it happen. You know, where people just drop the pen on the table. You know, are you kidding me? And I I think because we don't really understand what faith is. And, you know, chapter 11 of Hebrews, I'm going back to Hebrews a lot. I spend so much time in it. But, you know, just talking about faith. And I think that whole whole chapter is giving us what faith looks like. And, you know, it's, and in verse 6 there he says, without faith it's impossible to please him. And, but, you know, Charlie, you've you've quoted Major Thomas uh, a couple of times, I think, from the pulpit in the last couple of months on what he says, w- what he described faith to be, which was what?
0: It's the, it's the disposition that invokes the activity of another.
1: That's incredible. I, I, you know, I think that just makes it so clear that, and, and what he's talking about here, he's... It, all, all of his accomplishments are are dung. this is you know this the, it, it, it's not they're not worth anything yeah. compared to Christ. And so he chooses to to live from Christ's activity, Christ's accomplishing
0: yeah, the righteousness which comes from God mm. on the basis of faith. And that's the only righteousness we'd ever want to be found in. Christ is the righteousness of God, and so righteousness. We don't. Not only do we not understand faith, we don't understand righteousness. It's nothing I could ever acquire. Nothing I could ever attain um, on my own. We cannot make ourselves righteous. It is what God gives on the basis of faith.
1: Mm. Mm. So it, it it's, it's a reality by faith in. Christ and I know again for myself I can I can check the boxes you know I can check the box of quiet time in the morning you know to, and and to to scramble to get through it to make sure I've gone through it you know instead of being with him instead of being in him you know going to that quiet time to be with Jesus because my day is about to get really busy and you know, here's here's a time where there's nothing going on, and I can just sit there and be with him. And but instead, I'm looking at it. As I've, got this, I've got to do this. I got to do this. I get through this. I can check and feel better. And you know how sad it is when we, you know, so often we end up living our life that way. Um, anything else there, Kevin? Do you have anything from verse
2: nine? I Just. I'm really thankful that those verses are in there. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like you can get so wrapped up in in trying to be righteous or good. And as you both pointed out, it's something that's produced and comes from Christ, that we we can't do that. A verse I thought of was in 2 Corinthians, and he says, He made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, Mm -hmm. so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Again, Mm -hmm. that little phrase, in Him, that it's nothing to do with with us, but all to do with with Christ, and just so thankful for that. That uh, maybe when I start to doubt that, I can go back to these verses and just see what God says about righteousness. Mm. It's not about you; it's it's all about my Son Jesus. In mm. uh, Colossians, we we're just there. Therefore, as you receive Christ Jesus, so walk in Him. Going back to faith, how? we received Him by faith, but that's also. How we walk this life is by faith and, and trusting, believing that when God says righteousness comes from him, it comes from him. Mm-hmm. That it's not anything that we can can do in ourselves or have to do in ourselves to earn a, a place or favor with God.
1: Mm. Yeah, that's good.
0: In another way, you know, for me, when I read the phrase um, derived from the law, which is many times, you know, that something like that is said in scripture I think we could just substitute performance hmm. a righteousness not based on my own performance hmm. not derived from what I do from my performance because we're either on a performance basis with God hmm. or we're on a faith basis with hmm. God hmm. and he's that he says I, and we're so he's so thankful as I am that I am not on a performance basis with God It's about faith. It's about what Christ does for us and in us, and it's not what we do um, for Him. It's not performance. Mm -hmm. It's faith.
1: And as teachers, you know, isn't it interesting that we can, you know, we put a lot of time into studying. We put a lot of time in, in thinking through how to present and you know, sometimes we can get real um, fancy with it. You know, try you know, how can I make this as simple as I can? But what the Lord is continually shows me is Kelly. I, I don't, I don't need you. You know, right. I, you know he'll he'll work in my heart. He'll show me these things, and 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 then I'm finding with all the study and all the preparation, all the performance. You know that that I want to please Him with. I had a student come to me one time and he's, he just wanted to share with me how something I said had impacted him. So he shared with me what it was I said. And then he said, as soon as he, as soon as I said that he couldn't get it out of his head. He said throughout that class, he kept thinking about it. In the next class, he kept thinking about it. And the Lord just kept working in his heart and brought him to something where he was being really stubborn on. It was a pretty big deal. And the Lord brought him to this. And he came to me and says, Kelly, when you said this, and then he, he, said, he told me what I said, he said, I could not. So the Lord just started to work in my heart and I couldn't get it out of my head. And I just looked at him and I smiled and I thought... Well, that's, you know, what a blessing. That's encouraging. Thanks for sharing that. But I didn't tell him this part. I didn't say that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You know, I went over and over and over in my head thinking, I, I never said those words. I don't ever, I don't ever recall having to ever have said that. And I'd shared it with my family and they started laughing. And my son-in-law says, Kelly, I have never even heard those words come out of your mouth. And, you know, it's just, I, I don't know what happened but right. you know it, but i do know that the lord didn't need me mm. and it wasn't about my performance yep. it was all about it was all about him yep. and he's faithful you know he's he's faithful to to he's faithful to work in our lives to bring us to to himself you know to be found in him um any anything else in uh in that verse in verse 9 are we ready to go on Okay, we're going on. Okay, I thought I would read 10 and 11 together. uh, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death in order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. What are your thoughts with those, those verses?
0: Well, obviously, the know Him is the controlling thought. It seems at the at the beginning of that, but it's always been curious to me that he puts the power of his resurrection ahead of the fellowship of his sufferings, mm. because Christ suffered before he was raised, um, but he reverses it: resurrection, then suffering, and then conformed to his death. But I, you know, again, I I don't know all that was in Paul's mind at this time, but. Um, you know, it occurs to me in studying First Corinthians, Second Corinthians, that one of the problems the Corinthians had was that they were um, forgetting the cross um, as they were seeking to to live the Christian life, and and it's not that we ever um, emphasize cross over resurrection or resurrection over cross, and and surely the you know the, the Throughout the New Testament, we see a strong focus on the resurrection of Christ. And if Christ is not raised, as Paul said in First Corinthians fifteen, we are our faith is worthless. We are still in our sins. So we understand that our that the whole Christian life is is dependent upon Christ being alive. And we're not putting our faith in what Christ did, but we're putting our faith in Christ who is alive from the dead. Mm. Um, but having said that, it takes the resurrection life of Christ to live the crucified life. Hmm. I can't mm-hmm. live a humble, crucified life in my own strength. Right. It takes the, res- the raised Jesus, the resurrected Christ in me for him to live that crucified life, right. that humble life. So I wonder if that's why Paul puts it in the, in the way that he did, the word order, resurrection, and the fellowship of his sufferings. And the sufferings there is more than, than, you know, what other people can do to us, though Paul suffered greatly at the hands of other people. But honestly, some people go through this whole life and, and, um, and they don't have um, great hardship. But there is the suffering of, of dying to self, of our own ambitions, um, our plans, um, uh, just our everything that we think is important, dying to that, dying to self. and, and there's a suffering that comes from that. And, and there is the suffering of even what other Christians um, where, how they live their lives as opposed to what the Lord is putting on us. But anyway, the, I think the it's just interesting to me that Paul puts the power of his resurrection, Ahead of the fellowship of his sufferings, because I think it takes the power of his resurrection to enter into the fellowship of his sufferings.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that.
2: Yeah, that's 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 a great observation. good go ahead. I was just going to ask if, if maybe I don't know if you could say it this way that in in knowing him, you're you immediately have that the power of his resurrection living Absolutely. in you, and that maybe not immediately go through suffering right I mean you could be going through suffering that's how you reached it but maybe that that's something immediate um and in, yeah in we suffering. always
0: have the power of his resurrection but it's again but it's how how do you know the resurrection it's in the context of death that's where you that's where we see the resurrection in the context of death I read somebody recently that said you know if you're if you're going to be praying for miracles then expect problems <laughs> because, <laughs> because miracles happen in the context of problems wow mm-hmm. If there's no problem, there's no miracle, mm-hmm. wow. and and so again, his resurrection life is going to be expressed in the context of sufferings.
2: Mm.
1: It, uh, beginning of verse ten, uh, that I. So you know again a key phrase. You know he's 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 laying all these things out, counting things as rubbish, uh, being found in Christ by faith, and then he goes on verse ten that I may know him mm-hmm. and that that word know you know it's gnosko or Anosco. and it's it's a it's a perceiving of christ you know you you recognize him uh you know arlene and i married for 37 years we have found that we can communicate often without having to say anything uh it, it, that comes from from knowing each other you know right. being with each other and in it, but isn't that interesting, though? That's what Jesus says. Eternal life is knowing God the Father and Jesus His Son to recognize. Right. You know, to, that, that's that's mm-hmm. an incredible. That's a description of a of an incredibly uh, deep relationship.
0: And I think it expresses again the priority of what he's saying is that the most important thing for Paul was to know Him. Yeah, Him. And by the way, he was—he'd like to know the power of his resurrection as well. <laughs> but then, a lot of times, again, I think you know, because because we're so adverse to difficulty, we would just want to stop there. But the resurrection power is known in the context of suffering, mm-hmm. and so he—he he wants if, if it if, if knowing Christ. Uh, it involves knowing the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being brought into conformity to his death. And he says, bring it to me mm. because I want to know Christ, even if it means mm. suffering and conformity to his death. I want to know Christ.
1: Mm. It, with that, you know, there's to know him. And then I think there's three things he goes on to describe, you know, what it means to know him. And one is is that the fellowship of his sufferings. And I was like you, Charlie. I was just kind of looking at that, and just thinking. And, and this is scripture that came uh, to me. I was looking up some things, and it says uh, it's Romans one verse four, who was declared the Son of God with power by the resurrection from the dead, according to the Spirit of holiness, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So you 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 talk about the the fellowship of the suffering the the cross there you know that but, but with his resurrection he goes on uh, being conformed to his death that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead i think about this is incredible the resurrection of the dead is the proof of proof of who he is Yeah, and th- that he is he is the son of god he is god to to, to be found in him, to know him, is to know God. Uh, what an incredible, yep. incredible uh, relationship and gift that we're given in him. I think about Romans 6. You know, the the, the, the importance of the resurrection that comes from the death. That they, they both must be there. And,
0: you know, in Philippians 1.29... Paul says, to you, it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Mm. So it's a, it's something that God grants to us. He considers it our privilege to suffer for Christ's sake.
1: Mm. It, John 15, you know, Jesus tells us that this is the norm. You know, for those who are going to abide in me, this is the norm. You know, in verses 18 to 20 there in John 15, it says that, hey, listen, listen. The, the servant's not greater than the master. If they hated me, they're going to hate you. Mm-hmm. And so this is of necessity. This must be. Yeah. Uh, verse eleven. There's another phrase. In order that, you know that he he's getting he's building to something. In order that I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. Well, this is a this is a loaded passage. Any other thoughts there with those um, those last two verses?
2: Yeah, kind of just going back to what you both said, that the priority there is, is knowing him. Mm-hmm. And in knowing him, you can you know the power of his resurrection. And it reminded me of, of Romans 8, okay. uh, mm-hmm. verse 11, where he says, but if, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead mm-hmm. dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And, and talking about sin and, and just overcoming sin, that that power to overcome sin mm-hmm. is Jesus who lives mm-hmm. in you. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't say, all right, here's five steps or ten steps to overcome this problem. He says you don't have to overcome anything. You simply need to know Jesus, right. and then you will know the power of, of his resurrection, right. and then you will overcome sin, overcome depression, overcome yeah. whatever it is that, that you're facing, uh, simply by knowing Jesus, yeah. and I, I just appreciate that it's it's just simple, um, yeah, not, not a 10-step program or something yeah. like that. right, yeah, which is, you know,
1: is what, and, and Charlie did a devotion on this uh, for the podcast last year. Is really what the Paul says. The Christian life is really about it's the simplicity and purity of devotion to Christ, not not the easiness, but the simplicity. And so often, you know, and 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 there in Second Corinthians, he's Paul's fear is that like as Eve was led astray, and see again, there we go. You know, it starts with him, and the problem is not being with him, led astray. You know, from the simplicity and purity of Christ, it's just, you know, it, it all again. It's like one person wrote this, and we keep coming back. He keeps bringing us back to Jesus.
2: Thank, thank God, he does. I think both of you mentioned too that Paul was willing to suffer if that meant knowing Jesus hmm. better. And often, when I Start to suffer, whatever that may mean, whether that's in a relationship or uh, traveling somewhere, or just with the kids, and and I, th- I think, oh, I don't, I don't want, it. I want this to change. But then the Lord, in, in His gentleness, can remind me, no, this is this is how I'm allowing you to know me, mm. uh, to know you, to know me as your strength, to know right. me as your your courage, your wisdom, uh, and not to look to yourself. And, and suffering brings that out. Uh, that I, I can't do this. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't want to do this. Uh, but Paul here says if, if suffering is what uh, allows him to know Jesus better, then bring bring it on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm willing, willing to suffer.
1: Sonny Westbrook once told us, you know, Sonny being a, a former director of His Hill, he says so often we come in those times of life where everything is just wonderful. And our natural responses that is you know lord thank you so much for this time let's just stay here Hmm. and he says that that sonny said that the lord's response is always the same it's always no Hmm. i want you to have it all Hmm. and that reminded me of something that billy graham once said you know we all love the mountaintop experience you know the view is incredible it's exhilarating. I know when I was in charge of the second year outdoor programs, you know, going to the top of the mountain was always just, you know, breathtaking really was and encouraging. But Billy Graham said, if you, if you're on that mountaintop, you look around, you realize there's nothing up here that I can survive on.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have to go back into the valley to gather what is needed to live on the mountaintop. And I thought, well, that's a great illustration. You know, the, and, and the Lord the, the Lord knows that. He loves us, you know, so much. And he's so true to who he is that he'll take us back into the valley uh, for us to to be given what we need to go back on the mountain. That's that's a good reminder, Kevin. Anything else in these verses? Well,
0: I just, you know, for me, just personally, um you know especially if you read the next couple I press on I do not regard myself as having laid hold of it yet mm. I press on and I am I'm just impressed with Paul's pressing on you know with with all that he went through mm. and he was discouraged I mean he, he wrote about that at different times and and said he he would get so discouraged that he would despair of life itself mm. and so this is supernatural this is this is not coming from him I think it's what he's getting at earlier from in chapter 2. He says it's God who is at work in us to will and to do of his good pleasure. And, um, and that we work out our salvation because it's God who is at work in us. And this is this is itself. This is the supernatural um, zest that's in him. And also I think there's, it, it's just such a, um, a, a contrast to what he says in chapter 4 where he talks about he's learned the secret of being content. Mm. He's not content spiritually, but he knows circumstantially, whatever circumstances he's in, he knows how to be content. But in but spiritually, he's clearly not content. You know he he wants he is not satisfied with where he is. He wants to continue to know Christ and to lay hold of Him, and that just really motivates me and grips me that. No matter what stage we are in life, how young, how old, um, the Lord never wants us to to become satisfied or complacent in our pursuit of Him. Um, that we can always know Him more fully, and not, you know, we will know Him fully when we are with Him. I mean, we're not with Him yet, you know. The, that mm-hmm. that day of being mm-hmm. glory has not happened yet, and and so we should not become complacent or stagnant spiritually. But to continue to hunger and thirst for righteousness.
1: Mm. Well, I appreciate that. I think that's a; th- those are good comments to end to end on. So uh, I want to thank you guys for, again, for spending this time with me, uh, for you know taking time to look at the passage even before we got together, and um, and again, isn't it isn't it encouraging that we can get together and we can find that again. What we what, where we find encouragement is is Jesus and you know th- you know thank you Lord for just making that so clear mm-hmm. and for your patience and in, and in, in bringing us there once yeah. again. Mm-hmm. So thank you again for being here. I appreciate it guys. Thanks, thank you. Kelly. Kelly.
3: Thank you for tuning in to the His Hill podcast. You've been listening to our host Kelly Doherty, along with Kevin Martin and Charlie McCall and their discussion on Philippians chapter 3. Thank you so much for listening with us today. In three weeks, our students will be graduating and heading out to do whatever it is God has next for them. This year has been such a gift to all of us. And as always, it's never easy to say goodbye when the time comes. Please be praying for the students and staff during this final stretch that our eyes would remain fixated on our unchanging and faithful God and that our hearts would be prepared to say goodbye soon. Thanks again for tuning into the His Hill podcast today. Remember to keep your eyes fixed on Christ and don't forget that Jesus does all things well and he will hold you fast. I'm Lizzie and we'll see you next week.